What's going on, everybody, and welcome to episode one of Sox Fan Pod. My name is Joey Giragos, and I'm so excited to finally introduce this podcast to everyone. I'm joined here by my three co-hosts, Nick, Caesar, and Charlie. Charlie, how we doing? Doing fantastic, man. How are you? I'm good, man. So I think being our first, I thought it would make sense to kind of go around and do a quick intro of you know, why you're here, why you're doing a Red Sox podcast. I mean, there's a lot of these. I feel like we have a really good group. And I think that we are, our podcast can really be something special. So we'll start with Charlie just going at it with, uh, with a little background. Sure, man. Sure. So uh, currently go to the University of Cincinnati. Uh, I was born in Boston. Uh, I got family members up there. So we go every year. Big Red Sox fan. Uh, previously worked for the AA Rubber Ducks, AA affiliate of the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, and I'm just excited to talk baseball with all y'all. Sweet. The Rubber Ducks is such an awesome name for a team. Uh, what's up, guys? My name is Caesar. Uh, I just graduated from the University of Tampa uh, back in May. I just got a job with Nesson, so I'm in you know, going up to Watertown and doing that. Obviously, right now it's Bruins season, but the Bruins, their season starting to, well, more so wind down and the Sox season starting to pick up with spring training in a couple of weeks. So should I'm excited to finally get back into the swing of things with baseball. Sweet. Got a Nesson, uh, Nesson guy, and then we got our Red Sox guy, Nick. Oh, yeah. What's going on, everyone? My name is Nick. I go to Elon University, where I'm a junior. Uh, I've worked for a couple different minor league teams. Uh, they're not quite the River Ducks, but I've worked for the Burlington Sock Puppets. Uh, I've worked <laughs> for the Cape League, currently in with the Sox, and, and looking forward to talking Sox with you boys. Hell yeah. Um, so I am Joey Giragos. I host and produce this, and I am a sophomore in high school, 16 years old. I write for Beyond the Monster, a couple of other minor blogs, uh, just don't have a lot of experience in this, but obviously I feel like I can talk Red Sox baseball with anyone. So just so excited to get this started. Went through a long process of picking um, picking these three guys here for our host. So I think we've got an excellent group and just really excited to get get this started. So this is going to work like any other Red Sox podcast. We're just going to we're going to talk Red Sox baseball and that's we're just going to introduce a couple of questions and see where it takes us. So We'll get this started with kind of going around the group, talking about our favorite move of the Red Sox offseason. It's been a pretty crazy offseason. I mean, there's been so many changes, so many turnovers in the in the actual 40-man. So we'll just get started with Charlie. Charlie, talk to us about a uh, favorite, most underrated move that you got this season. My favorite move of the offseason. Um, he's an outfielder. He's an outfielder. I'm not going to say who yet, but... Let me just let me just preface it by saying the Boston Red Sox ranked 20th in home runs last year uh, at 155. Uh, and that was behind the Pirates, the Cubs, the Reds to just give some examples. So I was really excited about this guy because I know what he could bring at the plate. Um, this man is Adam Duvall. The guy hits. He slugs. Uh, he hit 38 home runs in 2021, uh, went on to win a gold glove that year as well. Um, and I'm just excited how he's going to do at Fenway uh, defensively wise. Um, a little, you know, he, he played in Atlanta, kind of a cookie cutter field. Uh, and I'm, I'm really a little bit worried about how he'll adjust to Fenway with playing it off the monster if he's in the left or the triangle in the center. But I'm really excited on the, about this guy. I'm really high on him. Uh, but, yeah, that's my guy. What about you, CJ? So, for me, it wasn't one move. Um, it was actually a 
like a series of moves and it was the bolstering of the bullpen last season the bullpen was so fucking bad they were fifth worst in the league they were behind the diamondbacks the the oakland a's the nationals like these are terrible teams and the fact that they were behind them like it's crazy four five nine bullpen era so i think the fact that they got you know the Kenley Jansen, Martin, even like a Jolie Rodriguez, just a little help to the bullpen, I think is going to be huge. Uh, I am a little upset because I was a big Matt Barnes guy. Um, so I'm going to miss Matt Barnes. But other than that, like I really like what they did with their bullpen. I wonder, like, do you think that – I know you're not the biggest Brazier guy, but – how do you do you think that Brazier kind of fits into this new and improved bullpen at all? Like, because I personally, I feel like the Red Sox have to see something in him to keep him around this long. And I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm going to give him one more shot. Are you kind of, are you the DFA Brazier for every single player type guy or? So, you know, growing up, my parents always told me if I have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. So I'm just not going to say anything in regards to Ryan Brazier. Got it. Sweet. I mean, I guess we can just say that uh, Caesar's out on the Ryan Brazier conversation. He's totally indifferent. Um, we'll go to I, Nick. I'm so out. I mean, I can't see Brazier getting DFA'd at all because he's still got to put a story on the 60-day IL. So if you pick up a guy like Iglesias or Andrews or, or whoever it may be, you know, no one uh, no one else is getting DFA'd, so you don't got to end up in a, a Frankie or Mon situation. But I, I'm with Caesar. I'm with Caesar. The, the Red Sox bullpen last year, I'm just going to read off some statistics. Uh, they were the – Fifth worst bullpen ERA. We had a four five nine. We gave up the the sixth most hits. Gave up the third most runs. We had a bullpen whip of one three eight, and we also walked the fifth most batters of anyone. So, in terms of a, a move itself, I was actually a big fan of the Matt Barnes trade itself. Uh, I'm a big fan of Richard Blair. I, I did not want Josh Taylor starting in this bullpen. Uh, you look at who the, the bullpen options are right now in terms of lefties, you have Rodriguez, and then there was just a big gap, right? So by adding another lefty who is sort of like that lefty specialist, big fan of that move. You did got to pay about $5 million in that trade, but 100% worth it. I'm with Caesar. Look forward to seeing the bullpen this year. One thing about Blyer is that he doesn't walk anybody he also doesn't strike out anybody but he's the polar opposite of joely rodriguez and they work so well together because joely can get righties out he throws really hard he's got plus stuff the control obviously really isn't there he's going to walk a lot of guys but you know if you need if it's bases loaded no outs you can go to blair but if you need maybe a shutdown eighth or a shutdown sixth or whatever it is you can go to joely who can get kind of higher pressure outs and i just think that they complement each other so well speaking on taylor like I don't know about you guys, but about the modesty trade, but I was more confused what Kansas City gains from that. Like, what is the motivation for Kansas City trading a young middle infielder for a for an older injury prone reliever? Like, I just don't I did not understand that trade for them at all. Well, Adalberto Modesty has been injury prone. I mean, throughout his whole career, I want to say seven years. There was probably one year that he was all the way healthy, and that was back in, I want to say, 2019. Um, like that, yeah. So, I mean, maybe they're just looking for, you know, some consistency 
uh, people could, who could actually play. And, you know, for the Red Sox fans, get excited because this guy's a stud. And if he's healthy, he could give you 50 stolen bases, maybe 20 home runs. So we'll hit upper 200s. I'm, I'm excited. And with Taylor, too, last year the bullpen was so bad. And he was just, you know, rotting down in Worcester, right? It was just like, oh. He's off the IL now. He wasn't even good in Worcester. He was like terrible in Worcester. Yeah, right. Exactly. So I'm with you. I don't know what Kansas City possibly saw in that trade. Um, But, you know, Montessi, I'm not the biggest Montessi guy. I just like guys who can play and and people who can we can count on to play on the field every day. Because right now you look at that middle infield and the depth is just so, so weak. You have Kike, Arroyo, Montessi is going to be out to start the year. And then after that, you're looking in like Worcester and the depth there is not good either. You got Valdez, maybe. Is he playing shortstop? I wouldn't want him to play shortstop. I'm not a big Valdez guy at all. Um, I think that he is a pretty one-dimensional hitter. I've heard not great things about his defense. Um, I think that he he did not hit well in Worcester. He was sub-100 WRC+. Plus. Um, and I'm kind of – I think we'll get to this a little later, but – a guy that I'm kind of looking at is a guy like Nico Goodrum, a guy that's had major league experience and he hasn't really been great, but he can give you excellent defense in the middle infield. Um, and yeah, I'll just kind of pivot to mine. Mine is uh, Masataka Yoshida for sure. I mean, I tweeted about this last night, but the fact that Yankees fans were like absolutely enamored with this guy, they're like, he's going to be such a great swing for Fenway, uh, such a great swing for Yankee stadium for the short porch that he signs with the Red Sox and suddenly he's, a five home run 280 hitter like no this guy's going to be an elite hitter the the projections love him I he fills a need they needed a a solid bat in the outfield um I think advanced stats and normal stats guys are going to love him he's going to hit probably in the 300s um and I just like I I thought that people thought it was an overpay I did not think it was an overpay I thought that they um if he had been in the majors he would have been getting a lot more so I love the Yoshida signing. Um, I know Charlie likes the Yoshida signing. Um, I think that I don't really see how people can not like the Yoshida signing. I mean, I don't know who else you're going to go and get that has the ceiling of Yoshida for that price. I just think it's a tough sell to Red Sox fans who probably on the more casual side where we're not going to give Xander this contract, but we're going to give Yoshida more than we offered Xander in spring training, right? That's a tough sell to Boston fans, uh, especially for a city that's just so – you know, big market. We want to win. We, we're going to pay our players, even though that hasn't necessarily been the philosophy. But yes, I'm all aboard on Yoshida. He's a he's a generational hitter. I mean, he is like the fifth highest WRC plus in in uh, NPB history. I think like he's he was ridiculous over there. If he can, I mean, if he hits 20 home runs and hits 300, I don't think he will do that. I don't think he's going to come close to that. But if he hits 300 with 10 home runs and plays average defense and, you know, can knock guys in and, and have a little bit of speed, like that's going to be, that's such a great fit. And for, for less than 20 million, a, well, I guess with the fee, it's like 21 million a year, but um, you know, he's 28, 29 uh, going into his prime. So I think that I like the deal um, all around. Charlie, you got any thoughts? Yeah. I was just going to say, uh, I, I mean, the first year, if he doesn't do great, I don't think that's a big red flag. I think he needs to settle in. Um, so I'm kind of expecting like high to mid 200 batting average for the first year and then maybe excel. But you have higher hopes on him, obviously. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at like a guy like Seiya Suzuki, who has more pop, 
he probably disappointed for some Cubs fans. Um, but he was still an excellent hitter. He was like a 120 WRC plus hitter. Like, and he's probably, he's one of my breakout candidates for next year, not kind of on the topic of the Red Sox, but I think that, you know, transitioning from so far away, obviously it's going to be extremely difficult, but you know, all these spring training videos of him, uh, Pete Abe doesn't like his, uh, his warm-up things, but uh, his warm-up drills, but I think he's, I think he's going to be great here. I think, uh, one thing. Real quick, right, I, th- I think he, it. I'm pretty sure he arrived. Uh, he, he's in spring, he's at spring training already. I think he's down in Florida already. So this guy kind of wants, he, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He, he wants to get, go and get ready and uh, start getting going. He was one of the first ones there. Yeah, I'm, uh, so I'm all in on Yoshida. The only thing that worries me is that, like, when they first signed him, like you said, like everyone was like, oh, it was an overpay, it was an overpay, blah, 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 blah. And then, like, MLB, like, came out with, like, their projections and stuff. And they're just projecting and they do, like, crazy good. So, like, having such high expectations for someone, especially in Boston, like, brand new, I'm hoping that it doesn't get to him. Um, but, I mean, hey, if he hits those numbers, I'm all in for that. I don't think he's going to. But if he does, I'm not complaining. If, if anyone listening doesn't know what Joey's talking about, about Pete Abe, check out the video. He's he's commenting on his soft toss, his his hitting drills. It's just comical. Pete Pete's a big hater, but talk about a team too. I'm really excited to see in the World Baseball Classic as well. I love Sai Suzuki, and then you have an outfield of him, Yoshida, and uh, you know, worldly known Japanese Lars Nubar. Uh, and I, I'm really looking forward to seeing seeing that that outfield. Because I'm gonna be honest, I don't know anyone in the infield, um, but just you know, I, I, I'm a big fan for those guys who. People who haven't been injury prone in the past, getting them able to have these reps where they're, you know, game one comes and spring training comes and they're just ready to go. They, they've already seen a ton of live pitching. They've already played a lot of meaningful games and they're just ready to hit the ground running come, come opening day. I don't know about you guys, but I am insanely excited for the World Baseball Classic. Like that Dominican team is like legitimately could be the best baseball team ever assembled. Like it is going to be ridiculous team they don't even have Jose Ramirez playing and it's like J-Rod, Devers, Vladdy. Like, I don't, that's like the top, that's like the top three. And then I don't even know they've got Jeremy Pena. Um, I don't know if you guys follow Sean Spraulding, I think on, on, uh, on Twitter, he's got so much good uh, WBC stuff there. I'm just, I'm so excited for it. Just to see all these, all these guys um, kind of go at it, even from just, just from Red Sox to, to everyone. Are any of you guys going? No. Well, then I will be the sideline reporter for the (laughs) podcast, going to Arizona, going to Phoenix, going to Miami, going worldwide. Wow. (laughs) He's mobile. Mobile Nick. I just want to say that I think um, USA has a case for best team as well. I just want to put that on the record. Like Dominican Republic, they they have a bunch of studs, but – like, if we look at uh, USA, they got Pete Alonzo, Nolan Arenado. Kyle Higashioka uh, is, well, like the, somehow on that team. I don't know how. <laughs> and then you also have Goldschmidt, Nestor, uh, Kershaw, Jeff McNeil. Just, like, a bunch of studs, and I, I'm excited to see them play. Did, do they, did you say Goldschmidt? Do they have Goldschmidt? 
They do have Goldschmidt. Oh, sweet. Yeah, they're, I mean, USA is going to be good. I think if I had to bet, I'm going DR for sure. But because yeah. US does not have great pitching, do they? They have, you know, Merrill Kelly and Kyle Freeland are going to be pitching, which is going to be <laughs> exciting. Yeah, but, it, yeah, Wainwright too, so. Jeez. And for anyone who's going to be be watching the the WBC, you got Devers in the Dominican, Yoshida, Japan, Kike's playing for Puerto Rico, Pavetta, Canada, Verdugo, Mexico, Duran, Mexico. Does anyone else know Duran was from Mexico? I had no idea. I had no idea. That well, just caught me off guard. Not. Yeah. Jorge Alfonso I mean, playing for Colombia. You got uh, Sheriff and Blyer playing for Israel. Christian Arroyo is Puerto Rico and Kenley Jansen for uh, Christian Nether- Arroyo is playing. Uh, well, you know, there's an asterisk next to that, but I mean, who knows what that means? And, but I know Kenley Jansen's only playing for Netherlands if they make it to the semifinals. Yeah, that's because he does, they, the they, play, they would play in Taiwan or something, right? Like they don't want him traveling that far. Right. Yeah. Honestly, um, I cannot believe Christian Arroyo is Puerto Rican. I did not know that. When did not know he start playing? Uh, starts around like March 8th, I want to say, March 9th. Other thing, too, and it'll be the last thing on World Baseball Classic. I think Team Cuba is just hilarious because you have the team of like the, the older players are players who have escaped Cuba, and then the younger players are the ones who like want to escape Cuba to get to you know the big leagues. So, like, the first conversation they're ever going to have is just like, Hey, how'd you escape? and the country's just like, Sure. This is the first time I think that they're actually letting players who yeah. escaped like play on the team. So they have like Lou Bob and uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the rest of the roster. Like, imagine they had like Puig and <laughs> isn't Puig? No, it's Cespedes is the kind. Is is he's playing? Yeah, Cespedes is playing. Uh, Robert uh, Moncada's playing for them. It'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. They're going to be a solid team. I mean, honestly, some of these teams, they don't need all that firepower and they can just get hot. Like, like Netherlands, they've got Xander. I really wish Rafaela and Meyer played. Meyer was going to play for Mexico. Um, I want to see them really bad, but I think Red Sox said no to that. I'm glad Casas isn't playing. I don't need yeah. him to anytime soon. Speaking of Casas, we, we kind of talked about this in, in one of our test episodes most overrated player going into this season. Um, we had some causes issues from Nick. Um, I wanted to hear more about that. I mean, I feel like it has to be causes. I mean, the one thing with this Red Sox team is you're making so many different, uh, I'm going to sound like Heim, but you're making so many different bets with this team where you're kind of banking on Yoshida, you're banking on causes, you're banking on the middle infield to be strong. Uh, you're, you're banking on Duvall to give you, average to above average center field uh and my biggest concern is when you have a guy like Casas because last year we went into the season with Dahlbeck as the the first baseman and obviously Casas is he had a little bit of a delay in getting up and called to the big leagues which you know obviously wasn't ideal but I just wasn't that blown away by by what I saw last year and people are kind of you know, we're already talking contract extension with with a guy who who hit what one one ninety one ninety seven I think it was. Yep. Um, you know, he's he's. I think he plays a, a pretty solid first base, right? Um, but you know, I, I I'm just not a hundred percent sold. His his exit velo is is solid. 
you know, he does, he does walk a lot. He does give you a lot of good at bats in terms of seeing pitches, but um, you know, his expecting average his expected slug, everything was just lower than, you know, his normal, you know, percentages. And he had a fairly low uh, barrel percentage as well. And I don't know, I think, you know, I, I hope he turns out to be, you know, what everyone's talking about him to be. And I'd be a hundred percent thrilled if, if I'm wrong in this, I just don't love the idea of just, you know, if, if things go wrong, I want to be able to have sort of a, uh, Oh, this doesn't go wrong. We can just go right here. Right. We do not have a backup first baseman really. We like don't, really it's Dahlbeck right now. And, you know, I think Goodrum could probably play first a little bit. And, um, you know, I think with like a lot of other guys on the team, it's like, obviously middle infield, I was just saying is weak, but outfield, even though the depth's not great, there is outfield depth now and catcher, you just picked about far. You can plug some guys in with first base. There really isn't anyone. And that's what concerns me. Well, going with Casas, I mean, Rome was not built in one day, right? <laughs> you, I, this guy has a lot of potential. I just think he needs room to grow and room to uh, expand his uh, his skills. Uh, I think, I I don't know. I, I, I like Casas a lot. I think he's going to do really well in the future. But like you said, this year, I don't know if things can connect with him. Uh, but I do like him in the long run. With Casas, too, you also have to think it's not just his bat. Like, he was good in the field. He looked good defensively, and that was something that the Red Sox struggled with. They didn't have a first baseman who could hit, yeah, but they didn't have a first baseman who could play fucking first base. Yeah, Schwarber. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I, we have not had a defensive first baseman since, like, it's when, like but Mitch Moreland. Like, it's been – we watched Franchi Cordero, Christian Arroyo, Dahlbeck, <laughs> and Travis Shaw play first base last year. Like, are we serious? I want to just add to my, my Casas hate. And so do you guys remember when Chavis was up in the big leagues? It was like every single time he would just get a high fastball and just go hacking. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's a stat for Casas. It's, it's quite the opposite. He's seen uh, 54% fastballs since he's been up in the big leagues, but he has whiffed on 46.4% of the off speed he's faced. Small sample size. He's adjusting. He's adjusting in the major leagues. He's had like what twenty at bats? Not actually twenty, but you know what I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. Give him some time. His for sure, for sure. Time. I just want yeah. to be able to have, like, if we had a guy in Triple A, we could just like, you know, not Dahlbeck. I'm kind of, kind of over Dahlbeck. But <laughs> if we had a guy in Triple A who was just like, um, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of an example. But if we, if we had a guy in Triple A who we were able to just you know, bring him up if Casas gets hurt or he just like needs to, you know, needs some time or whatever it is. That's what it would like make me feel more comfortable. I just don't like having these bets on these guys who are 22 and they're kind of just, you know, there's a long way to go with them. So Casas is definitely kind of a hotter take here. I mean, I know all of Red Sox Twitter, all of Red Sox Nation is like sold on this kid. Um, but kind of I'm, I'm more nervous about our catcher position. Um, I think Reese McGuire was fluky last year. I mean, like he had one home run, I think a big one. I remember um, against the Yankees, uh, but I don't think that I don't think that the Red Sox should be comfortable with Connor Wong and Reese McGuire. I mean, Reese McGuire to me projects as like an 85, 90 WRC plus player with like mid tier, slightly above average defense. Um, 
I think for a World Series contender, which the Red Sox are not, but I think for a playoff contender, you should probably um, have better options. That's why I like Alfaro, but I'm kind of, I mean, I see all these people like, oh yeah, Kutcher's good. We got, we got McGuire and Wong. Like that's not, Wong cannot hit at the big league level. I'm, I don't think he's going to be anything special. I am not. Um, I'm not a Reese McGuire believer. I think that the trade dumping Deekman's contract was huge because Deekman sucked. I am not a Jake Deekman guy at all, but um, I think that, well, he is a very valuable piece. He has control. He can be a good backup. I'd rather see them maybe go out and um, try and develop Ronaldo Hernandez or trade for a guy. Um, just not a big Reese McGuire truther. I do want to say uh, one thing with Reese McGuire, when he was on the Red Sox, uh, before getting traded from the White Sox, he hit 337. And yeah, that's with a small sample size, but he had a, you know only 30 games played, 100 at-bats. But he looked all right. And I, I don't want to say like he's good in any way because <laughs> he's not. But I just want to say he looked above average or he looked better than I thought he was going to be. So I wouldn't mind him being our catcher, maybe hitting in the eight, nine. I don't just for like a small period of time, but if they do start making a playoff push, I would like to see Haim make a, a couple moves to try to get a new, new catcher as well. So I'm also like bouncing off you, Joey. I'm also kind of on the, I think like going into the next season, McGuire is going to be the overrated. Um, I was all in on McGuire last year. Obviously he was like playing well, but like you said, I think it was a little fluky. I would love if he like did that again with the same amount of production because he was playing great, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I think he's not going to kind of uh, replicate what he did last season. So I think where the catcher position stands right now, I think the organization is very high on Wong. I think they view him a lot higher than a lot of the fans necessarily would. I think defensively, he's, he's very, very solid. Um, offensively, it's obviously still a question. I think McGuire hundred percent is opening day catcher hands down. Um, and then later in the year, I think the goal is to turn Wong into that guy who can catch, you know, maybe, maybe 80 games, 90 games in a year, um, for, for this season, at least. And with Alfaro, I just, I don't know what you guys think because Alfaro to me, I kind of view him more as a DH than I do a catcher. Like I'm not in love with his physical casting because, you know, the whole thing with Alfaro is he has an unbelievable pop time, but his arm is just horrendous. Right. And yeah. he's, he's what 37th percentile in framing, but then he is 96th percentile in, in pop time, but then his arm is just terrible. So I just, I, I'm not necessarily high on Alfaro. I think it's good to have that depth. I think if anything, it kind of shows me where the organization views Ronaldo Hernandez, uh, kind of showing that they they know they they lost that trade for sure. Um, but you know, I, I I'm pretty pretty set on the catcher position because I you know I feel like if the organization views something so highly as Wong, like I kind of want to just see it out. I think with Wong, um, it, it comes a, a little bit into the fact that. Um, you know, we traded Mookie Betts for him and Alex Verdugo, and we've already quit on Jeter Downs, and they've got to give him another shot. Uh, he hasn't really had a fair shot. He hasn't played a lot, but um, Mookie trade was a disaster. Um, I will stay I will stay with that. They totally could have gotten high-end prospects. They totally could have gotten almost a Soto-type package. But, uh, you know, that's, that's how it goes, and I think that um, you have to work through that with Wong. You might have to deal with a month of, of bad hitting, and 
we can we can give him some time. I think that catcher isn't necessarily the top priority. Uh, McGuire was definitely a positive in a non-positive 2022. But um, uh, yeah, so we have about five minutes left on our on our free Zoom. So we're going to kind of pivot here. So shorter episode, we're going to work on getting a longer one. Uh, so <laughs> this was a great first episode. Got to a lot of stuff. We have so much more content coming at you guys. Um, we've got, uh, we'll, we'll do a quick Twitter plug. I'm Sox fan Joey. Charlie is Sox fan Chuck. Nick could not get Sox fan Nick. So he's Sox underscore fan <laughs> underscore Nick. And then so Caesar, fun. you're, Caesar, what's your username? Caesar Fuentes, 03. 03. He's got to keep it professional. Uh, we are Sox fan pod on Twitter, Sox fan pod on Instagram, Sox fan pod on YouTube, Sox fan pod on every platform. We're Sox um, fan pod. We're, we're Sox fan pod. We're Sox, we're Sox fans talking about the Sox on a podcast. Um, so please make sure to kind of hit our socials. If you have any, you know, ideas, requests, whatever you want to talk about, uh, just, just hit our DMs um, and we will be talking with you um we're gonna have more more and more content as soon as the season starts we're gonna be getting a lot of uh a lot of things out obviously caesar and nick are affiliated with the team charlie's in school i'm in school so it's gonna be difficult at times but we're gonna be uh we're gonna be into this we're all really excited so i appreciate you guys listening and uh peace